Sometimes I feel... I don't know. I don't know. Buona giornata. Buona serata. Buona giornata. There's not really time to relax and take an espresso for Juventus. <laughs> you don't have to get a bad attitude. You don't have to get a bad attitude. Attaccare! Welcome back to the Euro Show on FNR Football Nation Radio. We're halfway through here on a Monday night. It's been a fun show so far. Talking a little bit about the uh, the greatest league in the world, CDR, uh, as always. But uh, we're going to dive into a little bit of the Bosman chat in just a second. Josh, quick message from our our sponsors. Yes, our new partners here at FNR, the Global Institute of Sport. We're going to be talking about transfers in a moment. Yeah. The January transfer window is open. Players available at the end of their contracts in free agency coming in June. There's a number of notable names. And you know, there's more business going on in the game and more money flowing through the game of football than ever before. Worldwide transfer spend per annum exceeds a billion dollars. It is a very rapidly growing area. We saw with the Riley McGree deal, uh, Aussie clubs are finally starting to get a, a slice of that. And uh, if you want to be part of this this world, this world of football business, there's really no better place to go to get your education than the Global Institute of Sport. You have experts from around the world delivering these courses. Uh, it's all online, uh, in uh, taught in classrooms that are in uh, East Asian and Australian friendly time slots now. And once the COVID situation settles down, they're going to have touch points throughout the year uh, at what will become their future campus, the MCG. Uh, So guest speaker events, networking events from their global network of people in the sports industry. Uh, So their Masters of Football Business course starts next month. So get on it. Go to gis.sport slash FNR to find out more. That's GIS dot sport slash fnr this is a, a global organization that has headquarters and, and and hubs across england and the united states uh some beautiful stadiums serving as their campuses so it's a it's a really cool uh cool new initiative to be involved in to uh to get a global education specifically designed for the business of football and talk about bosman just having a look at your screen josh i saw some of the banners scrolling across the top is that a toronto fc Banner that it went across indeed. the top. And we know about Bosman transfers. Arguably the biggest so far has been Lorenzo Insigne heading over to Toronto. To Toronto, as the locals yes, call it. Yes, he's going to go hang out with Drake and uh, <laughs> and Sebastian Giovinco. In the six? Or, no. Yeah, in the six. I won't go, embarrass myself any further. He's gonna go, he's, <laughs> well, show your age there, Josh. Um, <laughs> he's going to be go hanging out with, with uh, Pascal Siakam and Drake over in Toronto. But... Talking about that, there potentially is another one who may be joining in, which we'll get to in some of our big names who are coming out of contract at the end of this season. We are in the silly season right now, but these names, these players can start negotiating for next year and the clubs who own them are powerless to do anything about it. So they can agree to a deal and move at the end of the season. Um, Obviously, they can move now, but that would obviously be for Mm -hmm. a transfer fee. Um, but there are some massive names. It's arguably one of the biggest Bosman lists as we've ever seen. We're not saying Bosman, we're saying Bosman. Um, so the biggest name of them all, as El Chiringuito have made this a bit of a campaign about finally getting him over to Spain, is killing Mbappe, Tic Tac, is, is it inevitable that he'll be wearing uh, a Real Madrid jersey come next season? Well, I think if uh, you're a fan of the science of belief and the power of manifesting, then uh, El Chiringuito have been manifesting this hard Tic-tac, tic-tac. It's, uh, 
going to happen. I, I don't yeah. think there's any other club that can pull this deal off. Mm. You know, maybe Manchester City. But honestly, I think Mbappe does have a bit of a romantic association with Real Madrid. Apparently, he yeah. supported them growing up. And he also supported Paris, of course, as, as a, you know, as a, a, para- as a Parisian kid. Yeah. And he's yeah. already played for PSG. Uh, but he wants a new challenge. I think the way he's treated playing in France as this um, kind of they pin all their national hopes and expectations on him. And when he doesn't deliver, such as his missed penalty at, mm. at the Euros, it goes very poorly for him. So I think living outside of that kind of French bubble will do him wonders. Yes, he's going to get a lot of interest and uh, a lot of coverage and a lot of paparazzi at Real Madrid. But I think going abroad is probably the best thing for Kylian Mbappe's career at this point because the situation at PSG has turned a little bit sour, a little bit toxic. You know, he keeps coming out and doing interviews where uh, he tries to, you know, correct all of the bad press that he gets and all the fake stories written mm. about him. And I don't know. I, I think he, he needs to get somewhere else. He needs to go somewhere else away from away from PSG, away from Neymar away and from his uh, the... sort of bad big brother influence. I, yeah. I, I think I think Real Madrid is the right move for him at this stage of his career to be the new star in Madrid, to inherit mm. the Karen Benzema's number nine jersey. And, yeah, I think it's going to happen. You know, Real Madrid have money they aren't in as healthy a financial situation as they once were being able to splash you know massive transfer fees and break transfer records every year but they've got the money to sign him on big wages on a free Barcelona do not have that kind of money anymore they can't even register players because they're brushing up against La Liga's salary cap Uh, so the only other team that would have the cash to sign him is probably Manchester City or Chelsea but I can't see that happening I just don't see it happening. I think he's going to Real Madrid. I think so too. I think it is inevitable. It is an inevitability, uh, to put it bluntly. And we saw an 11th hour bid from a certain, I would say he tried not to be a Tottenham representative, but Tom Holland saw him on the red carpet before Spider-Man and said, would you come and play for Spurs? And Kylian Mbappe just laughed at him. So we know that he's only got his eyes on one team and that is going to play for Real Madrid next season. Maybe he'll shock us all and stay at PSG but I doubt it very highly. I can't see that happening. Um, but we've seen stranger things happen in football. One in particular, which, you know, I think we all thought if you asked us a couple of years ago, would he still be at Manchester United or not, is Paul Pogba. And we said, oh, I think he'd be gone by around this stage. He's out of contract at the end of the year, but Manchester United are willing to, I don't know if they're willing, but there's going to be big money on the table for him to stick around. Josh, you had the figure before. £500,000 a week is allegedly what Paul Pogba has been offered to stay at Manchester That would make anyone's knees buckle at that sort of price. And I wonder if Paul Pogba is going to be swayed to potentially stay at Manchester United and be under yet another project under another manager. I wonder whether PSG might consider reinvesting the funds that uh, will be freed up by Mbappe leaving the club and going to PSG and investing in Paul Pogba instead. I know they play different positions, but they do need they do probably need someone else in midfield. Verratti is a bit of a lone hand and he's always injured. Yeah. And Wijnaldum's very very rarely played and the Herrera is just, you know, Pogba in Paris. Yeah. Pogba in Paris would be it, fun. It makes sense. And if it's not PSG, I can't see him going back to Juve even though he's always teased a return. I just don't see it happening. They they would definitely take him back, and I think it's a move that makes sense because you'll desperately need some midfield. But help. they can't offer five hundred. But they're not going to do it. No. So I think it's Manchester United or PSG. I, I I just shake my head at 
United for this because what has Paul Pogba done in his time in the club to show that he deserves to be That's made one of the best paid players in world football? Nothing. 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 It's a totally dysfunctional way to run a club. Yes, I know he has great um, social media metrics and but that's all he they sells, he now, sells sponsorships. He looks great in you know, Adidas advertisements. But when it comes to actually delivering on the field, Pogba is more trouble than he's worth and his agent is also more trouble than Pogba is worth. Well, I think as Louis van Gaal said, they run more like a corporation than they are a football club. And Manchester United sees someone that has... High social media metrics, as they bragged, Ed Woodward's gone. About when Ed Woodward Cristiano is Ronaldo, gone, but is are things going to change? Because arguably, his successor is just as bad. His successor was the guy that was fawning over the fact that Odin Igalo had that Manchester United trending on Twitter when he signed, and they were the number one trend, and he was bragging about that fact. That's what concerns me. Is something going to change? Unless they bring someone in externally, unless Ralph Ragnick takes up more responsibility. But if Ralph Ranić is taking responsibility, there's one thing about Ralph Ranić. If he gets in charge of your football department, it's Ralph Ranić's way or the highway. You're all in or you're not in at all. And I don't think – I honestly don't know if Paul Pogba fits the Ralph Ranić style that they're going to be looking at. No, I don't think he's the kind of player to do 100 repeated sprints no. a game or whatever it is. You know, look, uh, honestly, the, one of the main problems with Pogba has just been his availability and his injury history. Yeah. You know, he continually gets these problems, these ankle issues or these soft tissue injuries that keep him out for longer than mm. they should. And I'm sorry, like if you can't be available to play every week, then you're not worth investing that kind of cash in. Mm. So it's if United re-sign him on that that sort of money, even if they re-sign him at all, I think it's a bad move. I think they just need to move on from Paul Pogba. It's time because for an he's, a, he's one of these split. players. He's like uh, Indombele at Tottenham. Yeah. Everything has to be effing perfect for him to give, deliver his best performances. Mm. And those players are more trouble than they're worth. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on to player three. We spoke about him a lot before, and that was Paulo Dybala. Um, for me, uh, I know Tottenham want him. I don't know if I could see it happening if he goes to Tottenham, only because I don't know if he fits the Antonio Conte style of a hard-working, you know, especially if they're playing a 4-2-3-1. I don't see it happening. If he was playing in a 3-5-2 with Harry Kane up top, I can only think of the possibilities and actually just it's like like that is an unbelievable front two. But it's almost like they're too similar, that they both might just be both dropping too deep and then Son sort of becomes neglected in that sort of section if Harry Kane sticks around at all. But for me... I am very unsure about where Paulo Dybala ends up next because it doesn't feel like there's a team that is crying out for Dybala that actually can afford his wages. I I think we're going to end up with this anti-climax again with at Dybala Juve, and he's yeah. going to stay at Juventus. I think he, I just think he's going to extend. The, the only other team that I can see him thriving at, and I think Tottenham probably aren't a successful enough and a big enough team for his mm. where his ambition should be at. Maybe with Conte and Pratici there, there's a, there's a draw, but I don't know. The only other team that I think could work for Dybala is Chelsea. Yeah. Depends what happens with, with Lukaku. Lukaku. It depends yeah. what happens. I don't know if that They could definitely happen. coexist in the same team. but Surely, but there's some issues with Lukaku there and there's a lot of players competing for those attacking midfield hey, spots. Lukaku is basically saying, get me the hell out of here. I want to go home. I want to go back to Milan. Like, he's dying to get back to Inter. Like, he's doing everything yeah, he but, can. You know, but, that chair is filled now yeah. by uh, an ageing, albeit, but 
Edin Dzeko is but playing brilliantly. That also then depends. This is going way down the rabbit hole, but if Lataro Martinez even sticks around yes. next year as well. Yes. If Lataro Martinez of... does leave, because Juve do not have a say in where Dybala goes in Italy. He can go anywhere, and I don't think Dybala is like an insignia situation where he feels a sense of, I can't go to a rival. I feel like mm. there might be a sense of Dybala where he wants to put the middle finger up and might turn around and say, you know what, stuff, you're going to go to a rival. If Inter came out with the cash, and I know Inter are very cash-strapped, he would be a great fit alongside Edin Dzeko at Inter. Yeah. Okay. I think that would be a fun mix. The other team, I'd love to see it happen. I know it won't happen, but I'd love to see him at Milan. Yeah. I would love to see it happen. That's, I just don't see it happening. That's the... You should take a drink every time Nick Dubano says, I'd love to see him at Milan. But but to be honest, though, Dybala at Milan would be a great signing because Milan need another striker. Yeah, because but... Zlatan's not getting any younger. Giroud is Giroud. Like he's, you can't rely on him to be a number one guy. And we don't know what's going to happen with Brahim. Can they pay him, though? That's the issue. They can't. But with Brahim Diaz being on loan, we don't know if he's going to stick around long term. Dybala playing as a 10 or playing up top or working out how he fit them all in. It might not be the worst move. Again, wages is an issue. We know Maldini likes to bring the wages, the wage budget down as much as possible. I don't think it would be the worst move for Dybala to end up at Milan. Whether it happens or not, I doubt it. But I'd like to see it. wouldn't it. be the first time that Milan has, has poached one of Juve's stars. You know, Bonucci going there didn't end up yeah. like they wanted it to. Yeah, different time. <laughs> I, look, I, I think Milan should be going for a different profile of play. I don't think yeah. it makes sense to spend big on Dybala when well, you're dealing, dealing with the kind of limited resources. Talking, but Dybala, it, it sort of puzzles me. I think the yeah. most likely scenario is we see a contract extension eventually. Talking about two Milan players that are out of contract since you mentioned them, Francesi and Alessio Romagnoli are two big names who are mm. going to feature heavily in the next few months. Francesi especially. Um, it's been He's a roller got, coaster ride with Kessie. Start of the season, he mm. said, I want to stay at Milan. I'm do whatever I can. I'm not going anywhere. To then weeks later, him coming out with ridiculous wage demands, much more than what Milan were willing to offer him. Already, it would have been a substantial rise on what he's currently earning. Um, and wages that do not, nowhere near what a player like of Kessie's ilk should be asking for. No disrespect to from Kessie, but it's just facts. Milan are in a position where they probably can't afford to lose Kessie. It's mm. not like how last season losing Donnarumma, it left them having to go scamper and buy Mike Magnon, mind you. Great signing. Losing, yes, losing Hakan Chalonoglu. They didn't really have a, a 10 at the time that could fill the gap. Brahim Diaz has been a... Well, he was playing pretty well. The COVID situation has stuffed him around a bit. But with Sandro Tonali hitting the form that he has hit, and Ismail Benassar, we know he's against in more situation with COVID. It's been hard on him. They're, they're, not, they're in a situation where they can't afford to let Kessie go. For nothing. They're one of the teams that can go, okay, it's all right. And just in terms of squad building, it's probably not smart to have two of your most important midfielders both have to go to AFCON every couple of years. Also, the other thing is they've got two kids on loan, Tommaso Pobega and Yassine Adeli, two young midfielders who can walk straight back into this squad. Tommaso Pobega arguably is one of the best midfielders in Serie A this season. Yassine Adeli has been playing very well. So Kessie's Kessie's demands are too high. Kessie for me. Where's he going? Tottenham. He fits. He fits the Antonio Conte mold of just a hardworking. I, I think he secures the bag and he goes to Newcastle. 
in it. Well, that's if Newcastle stay up. Yeah. That's one thing we've got to remember as well, whether Newcastle would, stay would up. Would Milan take a transfer fee for him this month if Newcastle You know offered? what? If they did, I genuinely think they should. If an offer came through for something in the 20 or 30 mil range, I think they wouldn't get more than 30 because he's out of contract. But say it was like 25 million for Kessie and Newcastle said, we'll pay him up front now. We need him to stay up. Milan would be dumb not to. And if I was Milan then, that's when you're recalling Yassin Adley. I know that they don't want to recall Pobega because Pobega's playing in Serie A. They don't, you know, this is the whole thing about not wanting to ruin relationships with other Serie A teams. Um, I think that you bring back Adley or you look at looking at signing someone else in a loan deal, you know, play more of just Tonali and Benesser for the rest of the season. I know depth is a bit thin there, but I think you do it. I yeah. said this months ago. I said that if the offer came through, Milan should not hesitate at turning around saying, if we're going to lose you for nothing, we've learnt now that with Donnarumma and Chalanoglu, we probably should have sold you in January last season. Let's just do it. Let's get it over and done with. Not have to worry about losing him for nothing at the end of the year. We can redistribute that money somewhere else in the squad. Could it cost you a Scudetto, though, if you do that? Uh, no, because I think Tonali and Benesser is a much better functioning midfield partnership. I guess without Europe, maybe you don't need a rotation. Okay, yep. well, let's go to Antonio Rudiger, though. Yes. Because yes. he should be a bigger story than he is right now. I haven't seen enough coverage of Rudiger's contract expiry. He needs to be picked up. He needs to be paid. Chelsea need to pay him. If yeah. Chelsea lose in two seasons, they, and, and they've also got Andreas Christensen out of contract too, they are in a situation where they could lose... So, well, Fakaya Tomori last season, who has been brilliant again at Milan, Andreas Christensen and Antonio Rudiger for basically the sum between the three of them of £25 million, which is nothing. Antonio Rudiger is their defence. Andreas Christensen has been very good as well. I think the system is the defence, but Antonio Rudiger yes, has, has been, been the outstanding. The linchpin of the back three, though. Where does he rank among the best centre-backs in the world right now? Top because five. I think he's top two. Above Koulibaly? If we're counting Van Dijk as number one. Am I going to be annoy Liverpool fans if I say Rudiger is a, a better player than Virgil van Dijk? So you're saying that Kalito Koulibaly is the best centre-back in the world? No, I'm I'm saying Rudiger might be. I, I Look, it's he's it's, up there. It's tough. Like, Koulibaly has these kind of lapses in concentration mm. that, like, give me the heebie-jeebies. Mm-hmm. Like I, and I also think, you know, if he had more ambition, he would try and leave Napoli, you know. Yes, you think you you wonder if you haven't seen him in a in a Champions League semi final, then do you really can you really say he's the best player in the world, the best defender in the world rather? Uh, Van Dijk obviously he he peaked when when Liverpool won the Champions League and then won the the Premier League title, but I don't think he's quite been the same player since he did his knee mm. in that Jordan Pickford challenge and since yeah. he came back. I don't think he's quite been up to his athletic prime. He's still yeah. a beautiful distributor of the ball. Don't get me wrong. So. So I think Rudiger, as a pure defender, yep. as a as a defender who can mark a player, can intercept a pass, can win a challenge, can win a header, is the best pure defender in the world. Maybe on the ball, Van Dijk and Koulibaly surpass him. Yep. But you know if, he's out of contract, and I think there is one clear destination for Antonio Rudiger, and that is Bayern Munich. Pakul is telling us Ben White. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ben White would be top twenty. He's been very small, good. Small sample size. Um, if Rudiger leaves Chelsea, where to? Yeah, I think Bayern Munich. I think I think that's mm. the that's the one obvious destination. As yeah. I said, like you know, there there are other teams that should be in for him. Like all of Europe should be in yeah. for him. Yeah. He should be you know fielding offers from around the continent now. But I don't know if he's rated as highly as he should be reputation wise. 
I think the German connection will bring him back home. Honestly, I, I agree. I think Bayern Munich always pull out all the stops for the German national team players. There's a good environment for them there. Obviously, you know, moving back to Germany would be, uh, I think, a draw card for, for Rudiger. Mm. And, you know, the, the Bayern Munich team that he'd be joining, uh, would it not be for COVID yeah. outbreaks and so forth, should be a real legitimate contender to win the Champions League. So yeah. I don't think it's a step down. Maybe do you want to stay in the Premier League instead of the Bundesliga? Maybe. Yeah. But for the German players, that doesn't seem to be such a, a big draw card. So I, I think yeah. I, I think Bayern Munich will end up signing him unless Chelsea pay him the money that he is worth. Josh, let's pick one more each and then we'll get to a break before we wrap up. Um I'm going to say the one player I'm going to keep an eye on, especially over the next few months, is Andrea Bellotti. For the sake that this guy has been on everyone's radar for about six years and he never left Torino, but now he's finally out of contract. Umberto Cairo wanted like $100 million for him in 2016 when Milan and Juve and Inter and everyone came sniffing for him. Premier League sides, everyone wanted a piece of Bellotti. The big rumour, though, is that he may head to the six. He may go and join Insigne and Jovinko in MLS. Come on. There is a strong rumour that is linking him there, and it's literally come down to it's going to be Milan or Toronto. Now, Toronto are prepared to pay a lot more than Milan are going to pay because if he goes to Milan, he will probably play. I think he'll be their starting striker, but he's not going to be earning more than Zlatan, and Zlatan's still earning ridiculous coin for his age. If he goes to Toronto, they're going to pay him probably very – Probably similar money to what Insigne is going to be earning next season. Mm. I am curious to see how it plays out over the next couple months. I want to see him at Milan because I've always wanted Bellotti at Milan. Milan need a striker badly. Um, But if he goes to Toronto, that's another... The the flow-on effect of Bellotti and Insigne playing in MLS is not just... You know, there's a big effect when it comes to the national team. Mm. Because in the past, it has been frowned upon for Italian players to go and play in the MLS or go and play in China. It's actually hindered or their Middle ability. East, even. So players like uh, Jovinko back in 2016, Antonio Conte refused to pick him if he was playing for Toronto. He didn't pick him for the Euros. Um, Graziano Pelle. Graziano Pelle, uh, Stefan El Sharawi. Uh, those players all fell out of favour because of their moves overseas. Italy with Insigne is a different one because Insigne is still Italy's best attacker. And he's still... you. Want to get him out there. If Italy are going to make the World Cup and, you know, if they get to the World Cup, you need to have Insigne out there. But Bellotti, with the rising form of Scamacca, with Immobile, despite his struggles for the national team being a nailed-on selection every single time, I don't think Bellotti is going to make find it that easy to get back into the national team. If the likes of Scamacca, Raspadori, and if Moise Keane... I think Moise King just gets ahead of him on that merit of playing in the big league. Well, if it is as you say, and those are the two clubs contending for a signature, I think he will wait to see how it goes for Insigne with uh, international well, selection. He, well, Can, I think because Insigne obviously is going in June. Yeah. He doesn't really have the time to That's see. Insigne is going to get picked for those games against yeah, Macedonia okay. and probably against Portugal. So... But what, that's, that's I, a tough one. But are there, there there's uh, international windows after his contract expires though? Um, in June? Yeah. Yes, actually. Yeah, yeah, actually. He so could, I'm I mean, wondering that, that whether window, he will yeah. be a bit of a holdout but, for a while, little while in the off-season, just waiting to see if Insigne's move costs him. But the June window are probably going to be friendlies. 
So Insignia, that, that might not be the best barometer because Insignia no. might not get selected just because it's the end of the season. They might just pick a bunch of you know players they just want to see. Ma- maybe go. this conversation can be had behind closed doors. Maybe he yeah. can get an indication from mm. uh, from Italy, from the Azzurri setup, whether... He needs he w- to talk to Mancini about this. Yeah, Mancini has to be clear in the communication because if he says, oh, it's fine, you can go, you know, if you play well, I'll still pick you, and then he decides not to pick them, then, you know, you could end up with some uh, some regret. Yeah. Um, Josh, you got one that you want to have a look at? Yeah, before we go to a break, because we've got to talk about Ange before we go. Yeah. A little, uh, little segment at the end there, a little bonus Australian uh, corner, but Usmane Dembele is yes, what I want to talk yes. about. Because Barcelona have this salary cap situation. Mm. You know, they, they don't have a lot of money to work with. They just signed Ferran Torres, which was this kind of surprising signing for you know, all of their crying poor in the, in the summer. Mm-hmm. They've gone to Samuel Mtiti and extended his contract so that they can pay him the same amount of money owing over multiple years. They've used the stretch provision on Samuel Mtiti. <laughs> if yeah, you're an NBA yeah, fan, you'll understand yes, that one. Yes. So, you know, the situation is slightly desperate for mm. Barcelona. But Dembele, who was such an expensive signing for them, 120 million euros, mm. something that there were performance-related bonuses, so it's kind of hard to keep track of. But they spent big uh, they spent a huge chunk of the Neymar money on him yeah. to sign him from Borussia Dortmund, where he looked like he was going to be one of the best players in the world. Didn't live up to that potential until he's in a contract year. Yeah, contract year. Isn't, isn't that classic yeah. from these kinds of players? He, he wants his team option, man. He wants that team option. <laughs> he wants the, he wants his bag. And, you know, it, it's a difficult position position for Barcelona to be in. I, I, I do sympathize because... On the one hand, it's ridiculous. Why would you reward this guy who's underperformed for years mm. and apparently stays up, you know, till the early hours of the morning playing video games and ruining his back when he's, yeah. <laughs> you know, his posture's bad? Like there, there are certain like commitment and, and, and disciplinary issues that have plagued Dembele's mm. time at Barcelona. But then again, he is a genuinely two-footed player. Like he doesn't have a preferred foot. That is an incredible attacking yeah. weapon. His recent form suggests that when things go through him, Things happen on the pitch, which and they don't have those sorts of flair players. Mm. You know, they've got a lot of ball players in midfield, a lot of sort of midfield metronomes coming through the mm. the youth team. But aside from Pedri, the, there aren't too many X factor players in the Barcelona yeah. first team, and they won't necessarily be able to afford to go out and sign someone for a big transfer fee in the summer to replace him. Yeah, so they almost have to extend his contract. Yeah, but. It still it it, it, ham- it still leaves push. them it leaves them hamstrung if they have to find the, the space the cash, to yeah. do so. So it's it's really where, interesting. Where do you want to see him play next season? Just quickly because we've got to we've got to make this. I, move. I think I think Barcelona is uh, the extension is the most logical outcome. Yeah, but I could easily see him going to. You know, I don't know how many teams would be in for him. That's the thing. I wonder what the I wonder what the market for Usman Dembele is. I don't mm. actually know. Newcastle. Maybe, maybe Newcastle. <laughs> maybe, maybe Newcastle is going to outspend is Barcelona Newcastle for this just one? the cop out. Like you know, yeah, it's just maybe. okay. No one else wants you. Now you're going to Newcastle. Well, a team with money yeah. that doesn't quite know how to spend it. That's the yeah. kind of team that would spend big on Usman Dembele. Uh, Josh, let's actually just go right through with this because we have to wrap up yep, in okay. just a second. Let's just let's just finish on a high. Um, we got asked this question on Twitter a little bit earlier uh, in wake of Rafa Benitez being sacked by Everton this morning. Everton down in 16th in the Premier League. They've been on a slippery slope for quite some time. Agent Rafa, um, as some may know, he's sold Lucas Digne. He's, uh, he's calling up um, 
well, I'm trying to think of Liverpool CEO. Is uh, it's just calling Stevie G and say, yeah. "Hey, we've ruined Everton. How good is this?" It's <laughs> calling some weird FSG circle. and saying, "Mission complete." Yes. So Rafa now heads off to the Canary Islands with a nice <laughs> bag of cash. Um, so now the question's been asked: Who replaces Rafa Benitez? And someone asked us on Twitter a little bit earlier. Have uh, we got the Twitter handle? Totally yes, I do. Um, so. Is Ange a contender? This may sound crazy, says Nick underscore oh la la. Uh, but what about Ange Postacoglu from Celtic to Everton? Look, not this season no. because he just literally is just started to stake his fork in the ground in like finally got them on side and he's doing some great stuff, stuff at Celtic. Um, I think people in Australia who are seeing all of the coverage of Ange, because we give Ange and Celtic wall-to-wall coverage in our football yeah. media here for good reason, because yeah, it is sure, a big story, sure. yeah, yeah. Uh, ignoring the fact that English football is incredibly insular and Celtic barely rate a mention mm-hmm. unless something tr- like massive happens. Massive has happened in Scotland. It barely rates a mention in the English football you know, diaspora. Yeah, the uh, I, I guess the the hive mind. Yeah, you know, it's well, it's crazy to me that um, that I haven't heard one segment on like one of the big talk sport or something. Yeah, you sort know, of yeah. big English uh, football podcasts and radio shows. I've not seen one segment about how well Ange Postecoglou is yeah. doing. The only coverage we saw was from the sort of gammons who were complaining about him getting the job in the first place because yeah. they didn't know who he was and they couldn't pronounce his name. So he hasn't broken through in the consciousness yet. And until he wins a title with Celtic, he won't. Yeah. So this has come way too early for Ange to make that kind of move. Uh, I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit because he's still at a club. They're very famous, of course. They, they've got lots of supporters, lots of very dedicated supporters <laughs> uh, who you know descend in, in droves online whenever yeah. Celtic is mentioned. Uh, but... They're still a team that financially are being outcompeted by Middlesbrough for signings. Yes, and that is something else. Josh, I was going to say, you telling people to pump the brakes just reminds me of a certain chat we had with a certain podcast yesterday <laughs> about a certain someone else. And Yeah, uh, I think we have, but, a, yes, we have we a habit of over, overreacting. You know, and also, I don't think Ange would just up and leave after half a no, season. No, no. Even if he was offered, even if the opportunity was so good, I think he's too principled to say... I'm done yeah. after half a season, after not completing the the mission he set out to complete. Put it, put I, it like this. Andy's, he's going to stay for two or three years. Yeah, Andrew isn't going to say, okay, with that, I'm done. Um, he's going to get, he's going to see it through. For me, and this is something that maybe in a couple of seasons, if this opportunity did come up, but we have seen the Everton's track record with managers and how they are not gun shy in, you know, moving someone along when things maybe even when things are working well for them, that they like to go after the shiny toy. Um, so unlike certain blue tick journalists yeah. at A-League Women's Games, Ange is not going to leave at halftime? No, he's not going to leave at halftime. Um, and put it like this, the side that Ange puts out in the field is not going to have any issues against the under-16 side. Uh, but look, in terms of like what was being said about yesterday, we're not going to go down that rabbit <laughs> hole because... If that you're just on, gives if you're me on a soccer Twitter yesterday, you know what yeah. we're talking about. Um, we're not going to elaborate. And, and look, Angie's Angie's not going to. Angie's has blown the bloody doors off at Celtic in a certain uh, reference to his namesake from that aforementioned Twitter user yesterday. Um, the thing is, I think in a couple of years' time, it'd be good to see Ange make the move to a team around that ilk in the Premier League, mm. but needs to go to a club that has some stability in terms of ma- how they deal with their managers. A team like Leicester. 
I think would be a great move for Ange Postacoglu. Yeah. A team like Brighton, I think, who have some brilliant ideas about where that team's go, where that club's going, I think would fit brilliantly. I mean, Stevie G's shown the pathway really. And if Ville, you do well yeah. in Scotland, you can get a move to it's a club that elk. And yes, you know he's living off his name to a certain extent. I but. would like to see Ange in even like La Liga or Serie A as well. I reckon that would even be a good step for him too. Going yeah. to a team like imagine Ange at say Real Betis or at you know in Serie A, say a team. I don't know what he meant. Rocco Comiso. I was about to say Fiorentina, but I don't know how that would go down. But like say a Hellas Verona or Lazio, even <laughs> Hellas Verona with the Greek connection. Yes, That'd be like fun. I, I think that there is a, a stepping stone. But there was some that were saying, "What about Manchester United?" No, come on, just please no, because if you thought. The, as we were saying off air, you thought about what was happening pre-season with Ange going to Celtic and like, who is this guy? Imagine it at Manchester United. It would be amplified by a million. And and, and Manchester United... We're not just, saying he's not a good enough manager for that kind of no, job, but, but he doesn't have the name recognition he doesn't for clubs the, to be that, able to... Clubs in the Champions League or like, you know, clubs as massive as those to be able to sell that to their supporters unless he has a proven track record of success, unless he somehow, you know, wins the Europa League with Celtic or yeah. something, that's not going to happen. So. Remember, there's one thing, Josh, NRI. It's a powerful tool. And Manchester United love I, I hope Ange does end up in the Premier League because we don't have any rooting interest in the Premier League anymore. No, we don't. And really, our only hope right now is if Raleigh McGree gets promoted. <laughs> it's Middlesbrough and it's promoted. good for Australian football if we have Australians in the Premier League because that's the only bloody league that gets any mainstream media coverage in this country. So... I hope he does end up in the Premier in the Premier League eventually, but it's not going to happen for another few years, yeah. at least, at least. Absolutely, and look, I think as you said, pump the brakes. Like we just need to calm her a little bit. Just we need take to a few a few deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth, and <laughs> do about a few fair few people within the Australian football fraternity about pumping the brakes. Yeah. Anyways, guys, uh, it's time for us to say goodbye here on a Monday evening here on the Euro Show. Back tomorrow, Oz Football Hour. Josh, we've got yes. a new host. Yes, Jason Goldsmith is going to be joining our ranks. He is a published author. He's also appeared on If You Know Your History. Yep. Um, so he's got a breadth of Australian football knowledge. We're really excited to welcome him to the fold. And we're also going to be chatting on Radio Dub to new Matilda Briley Henry, who recently got her first cap for the national team. So that's really exciting. That's coming up at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. tomorrow. But until then, it's goodbye for now. And make sure you head on over to our new partners, Global Institute of Sport, their football business degrees they're offering. Your campus is the MCG, gis.sport slash FNR to find out more. Sometimes I feel, I don't know, I don't know. Buona giornata, buona serata, buona giornata. There's not really time to relax and take an espresso for Juventus. <laughs> you don't have to get a touch, did you? You don't have to get a touch, did you? Attaccare! Attaccare! <laughs>